0: Another edition, a Victory Monday edition of the Lockdown On Panthers podcast, powered by our friends at Pepsi. Of course, Pepsi knows this season has been very different, but it has been very exciting. And it's hard to believe it is almost over, but Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. What's going on, friends? Billy Rossetti, SI Panthers, with you here on the second to last uh, post-game edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast for the 2020 season. It's hard to believe that this is it. We are entering the final game week of the season after this Sunday it's all over for 2020 but at least we could be on a positive note on this Monday after Christmas and hopefully you guys had a great Christmas uh Kwanzaa Hanukkah whatever you guys celebrate hope you guys had a great holiday and hope you guys are gearing up for the start of the new year but one thing you guys all can celebrate listening to this pod is that the Panthers are coming off of victory in Week 16 as they defeated the Washington Football Team by a score of 20 to 13 to move to five and ten now on the season. I know there are some certain people certainly disappointed that they won because of draft positioning and whatnot, but I think you know with a bunch of these teams, not just the Panthers, but I think a team like the Jets certainly proved that players don't like to tank. They they go out and try to win every single week. And that's that's just, you know, their nature of being a professional athlete. And we'll we'll talk about this in a bit, but this is a type of win I think that the Panthers can really enjoy and help help them build some momentum going into next season. We'll touch on that in a little bit as we discuss some of the points of the game, but you know, we'll certainly go through and Talk about some of the highlights. Uh, obviously, Curtis Samuel had himself a fantastic day, so we'll focus on him. Uh, we will look at where the Panthers are standing now in the uh, the draft positioning uh, as we head into the final week of the season. And, you know, start looking ahead to 2021. We talked a couple weeks ago about the uh, the Panthers' schedule. You know, their schedule of opponents. And they're certainly starting to come a little more into focus with one week left in the season so we'll start kind of setting the table for that as well but let's let's just jump right in and talk about yesterday's game which you know for the most part was a uh, a pretty decent game they obviously had some uh rough moments it certainly was not a uh certainly was not a perfect game by Any stretch of the imagination. In fact, there were plenty of moments where the Panthers were quite sloppy in this one. Uh, You know, we we had stressed all season about the Panthers being able to take care of the football and... You know, not not do stupid stuff on offense. Well, they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit throughout some of this game. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater throws an interception... He fumbles the ball twice, loses a fumble. I mean, I, I think that's where we got to start here. Is that, you know, as much as we hate to say it, as as much as, you know, I, I feel bad because I've been a f- fan of the guy, obviously, for quite some time. But I think we're starting to see over the last couple of weeks that Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to be it. At, at least for a team looking to rebuild. I think you eventually have to you know, when we knew this coming, and that's why they set up the contract the way they did. But eventually, you got, they're going to get to the point where they got to start looking at the future, whether that's 2021. I know the wind dropped them back in the draft a little bit, but it certainly didn't totally take them out of play in terms of drafting a quarterback, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, I, th- I think we've all noticed that he has severely regressed over these last couple of week uh last couple of weeks and Sunday was another good example of that. He ends up 19 of 28 but only for 197 yards. Uh did throw a t- did throw a touchdown pass. Uh but did throw an interception and he was sacked four times. So, you know, that's something else we had been talking about uh as a- another major issue of this Panthers team was the amount of times that Teddy Bridgewater has been getting sacked. This is now 11 sacks in the last three games on Teddy Bridgewater. Sacked four times by Washington, three times by Green Bay, four times by Denver. And this is the second time in the last five weeks that he failed to reach 200 yards passing. Uh, He hasn't had a 300-yard passing game in... In some time, actually. In fact, uh, the Chiefs in Week 9. That was the last time that Teddy Bridgewater's thrown for 300 yards in a game. He has not thrown two touchdowns in a game since the Tampa Bay game. He has four straight games now of either one or zero touchdown passes. In fact, he doesn't even have a three-touchdown game, a, a three-passing touchdown game at all this season. He's only got a 15-9 to nine touchdown to interception ratio and that boils down to he just doesn't take a lot of shots this we were hoping this offense would be a little bit more explosive it hasn't happened Caroline eventually has got to go out and get some sort of quarterback that's going to be going to be willing to push the ball downfield a lot more That coaches are going to be able to allow to throw downfield a lot more especially when you have playmakers like Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, these deep threats. I mean, Curtis Samuel, you know, has a big uh, 44-yard catch yesterday and a 45-yard run. You know, Curtis Samuel ended up with 158 yards from scrimmage in this game. 52 yards rushing, 106 yards receiving. In fact, leading the way in both categories for the Panthers yesterday. You know, is the rest of the the rushing offense, you know, very quiet. I mean, this team didn't even hit, uh, you know, they barely hit 300 yards of offense, you know, and that'll usually happen when you're sacked five times, and you fumble the ball twice, losing, losing one of those fumbles. So, you know, a, a a pretty ugly, pretty ugly offensive day. You know, because, of course, one of the touchdowns, you know, one of the touchdowns, of course, was on that fumble recovery in the end zone by Brandon Zilstra, And that's really what kind of got the ball rolling. And then Mike Davis and Robbie Anderson, both with touchdowns. So, I mean, they were looking pretty decent on offense to start, but then things just kind of quieted down and they let Washington slowly creep back in the second half. But it's like I alluded to earlier, this was one of those games that the Panthers could potentially, you know, take with them into 2021 in terms of they had a set because we know this hasn't happened much this season. They have a lead in the second half and they were able to hold on to it, especially on the road in a late December game against the team that's trying to make the playoffs, you know, so credit the Panthers for, you know, holding tight on defense and they obviously, uh, made life pretty miserable again for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, picking him off twice as Dwayne Haskins was really quite rough. You know, pretty horrendous uh, in, in the first half. In fact, Haskins ended up with a quarterback rating of just 39.6. Uh, in total, the Panthers actually got to the Washington quarterbacks three times. They sacked Haskins twice. And then they sack, sacked uh, Taylor Heineke, their old friend, once. In total, Washington was 26-47 of 47 for 278 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Haskins had 154 yards in the two interceptions. Heineke, 137 yards tw- on 12-19, and 19 and a touchdown. But a theme that's been similar to all season long, the Panthers were gashed, in both the running game and the receiving game by the opposing running back. And in this case, it was the duo of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Antonio Gibson, 10 carries, 61 yards and he was coming back from injury. And then J.D. McKissick, 8 catches on 10 targets, 77 yards, and a touchdown. But again, the Panthers were able to hold on and get the victory. So... You know, some positives to take away, but, you know, not the prettiest of victories. But for a team like Carolina, you take them anyway, you can get them. So we'll start setting the table now for Week 17 and really for 2021. Uh, but before we get into that, a shout-out to our friends over at betonline.ag. Listen, one week of football left in the NFL, at least the regular season. Big games coming up in bowl season, including The college football playoffs are this week. Uh, So if you want to try to make some money off these games, there's one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. So sign up today, get your free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. A lot of big games in the NFL. Uh, We got the... Five games that are going to decide the four spots in the AFC Wild Card. You've got, uh, of course, the Panthers involved in one of the three games that will decide the number one seed in the NFC. So a lot of big games, and of course, college. Like I said, you got the college football playoffs coming up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and use our promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So as I mentioned, the Panthers are involved. We'll start setting the table now for Week 17 because the updated schedule did come out for Week 17. And the Panthers will be playing at 425 on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints as the NFL set it up where all three games involving or that will determine the number one seed in the NFC that's the Packers against the Bears the Saints against the Panthers and the Seahawks against the 49ers all will kick off at 425 so one last late afternoon game for the Panthers here as they try to play a little bit of a spoiler here on the New Orleans Saints the Saints uh You know, again, are fighting for the number one playoff or the number one seed in the NFC. The Panthers can uh, possibly knock them down to the number three seed. Uh, That would happen if the Saints lose and the Seahawks win. The Saints would actually fall to the number three seed, but they can prevent the Saints from getting up to the number one seed. Or the Saints would need a little bit of help to get up to that one seed. And, you know, certainly the Panthers would love nothing more than to play spoiler on uh, their, their their division rival, their, the team that's now ruled the division for four years running after that incredible performance over the Minnesota Vikings on Christmas. So Panthers can play a little bit of spoiler here. And then, again, just try to build some momentum going into week 17 Ah, uh, the nice thing too, is that the Panthers actually no longer sit in last place in the NFC South because they won and the Falcons lost. And so that means the Panthers are actually sitting in third place in the NFC South. They of course are now sitting at uh, at five and or five and ten, the Falcons lost in a wild finish against the Chiefs that dropped the Falcons to four and 11. And so it's starting to put the 2021 season now into a little bit of focus. Again, we touched on it a little bit last week or not last week. I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, what the Panthers have coming in 2021. So again, just to recap, they obviously have the six division opponents. They're going to play the NFC East, Next season, so they'll be home against Philadelphia, home against Washington, and then on the road against the Cowboys and the Giants. They will have the A- AFC East as well, so they'll be home against the Patriots and the Jets, and they'll be at the Bills and at the Dolphins. And so that means they will not see Trevor Lawrence next season because we know how that <laughs> that ended up going. And then the, uh, the two... Or using the old, because I think we could start saying the old 16-game format. Uh, The other two games, of course, would have been home against the NFC North, on the road, against the NFC West. Well, now it's set, uh, at least in the NFC North, the options there. Because the Panthers can still drop to last in the NFC South if they lose and the Falcons win. So that'll set up if the Panthers finish in third place... They will have a home date with the Minnesota Vikings next season. If they finish in last place in the division, then it'll be the Lions coming to Carolina. Now, the NFC West, the team they would visit, is a bit different because it's still up in the air who's going to finish third in that division. It's, it is set. If, if the Panthers finish last in the division, it is set now that they would visit... San Francisco. So a, la- a last place finish for the Panthers means Lions at home, 49ers on the road. But if they finish 3rd in the division, again, they'd be home against the Vikings. They would visit either LA or Arizona cuz it's the Rams are at 9 and 6, Cardinals are at 8 and 7, but the Cardinals would jump ahead of the Rams if they win on Sunday. So a couple of possibilities there. And then the report coming out earlier on Sunday that the NFL is likely to move ahead with the 17-game schedule starting in 2021. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it was set that it would be a same-place finisher from the other conference on a division-rotating basis. So that would mean that, again, the Panthers are set to play the AFC East. So it would be one of the... Other three divisions. So again, right now the Panthers sitting in third place, and I think it's said at least in two of the divisions, it's said if the Panthers finish third, then that 5th interconference intra-conference game would then either be against the Texans, um, against the Texans. The well, I guess it could either be the Browns or the Ravens finishing third, depending on those results. The Texans are insured to finishing third in the AFC South. And then between the Broncos and the Chargers, just looking to see if that is set now. If uh, If Denver, so Denver can jump up. So still a couple of possibilities. If the Panthers finish third, if the Panthers finish fourth, Uh, the Jets could be on the schedule, the Jaguars could be on the schedule, uh, or excuse me, they're already playing the Jets, I apologize, so it would be, the Bengals could be on the schedule, the Jaguars could be on the schedule, and then either the Broncos, or the Chargers, so, a couple different ways, for the, uh, for that 5th interconference game now, to be decided, so, all will be settled of course, by the end of the day, on Sunday, but, um, uh, like I said, the, this is all just, just about moving toward 2021, the Panthers, you know, a nice win here against Washington, again, something they can take with them into 2021, but certainly a lot of questions to be answered. Two of the biggest questions, and we'll go back to that big performance by Curtis Samuel. This of course brought up the question, are the Panthers going to pay Curtis Samuel because he's had, of course, a tremendous season here in what's been a contract season for Curtis Samuel. He's now at seventy catches for seven hundred seventy-three yards, and of course, he's done very well in uh, rushing, rushing the ball as well as I. Bring those up real quick. He's at thirty-eight carries, hundred ninety-seven yards, and two touchdowns. So he's at about nine hundred and thirty total yards from scrimmage and five total touchdowns. As he tries to, you know, it's it's going to make it a very interesting decision. Will the Panthers keep him as one of their versatile players? So should be really interesting how the Panthers approach free agency there. And of course the other big name that they surprise I still can't believe they didn't give him a new contract before the season. And that of course is Taylor Moten, who's been, you know, the force at right tackle, really the only, uh, consistent force on the offensive line, you know, cause even left tackle, of course has become a bit of a rotating door. Uh, we know Russell Okung, Missed yesterday. Trent Scott then went down with injury as well. So Michael Schofield had to come in and play a little bit at the left tackle position. So got to eventually vest in that position as well. But now Taylor Moten is set to become a free agent. So who knows what this team is going to do, especially with not even knowing right now who the general manager is going to be. So it's going to be a really fascinating offseason for the Carolina Panthers starting next week so before we kind of set up where the Panthers are in the draft and kind of start looking at some possibilities for week 17 big shout out to our friends at built bar the best tasting protein bar ever the improved built bar is even deliciouser than its old companion with 18 amazing flavors including nut and non-nut flavors Caramel brownie, raspberry, peanut butter, carrot cake, all sorts of great flavors. It's like eating a candy bar but getting the health benefits of a protein bar. And it's great if you're on a keto diet. These bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. So a great great protein bar, a great snack, just a, a perfect companion for your day. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you will get twenty percent off your next order. So again, use promo code locked on, get twenty percent off at builtbar.com. So let's okay, so let's start setting the table here for week seventeen in terms of where the Panthers stand in the draft order. You know, looking at the whole picture, of course. Uh, yesterday's results did lock up the first two picks of the draft officially the Jaguars loss and the Jets win means that that is that will be the order in the draft the Jaguars did officially secure the number one pick in the draft so they will in all likelihood get Trevor Lawrence it's going to become a reality and then the New York Jets will have the second pick now a lot of jumbled, you know, a lot of close, uh, you know, it's very compact from teams three, really through 14, and possibly 15 if the Patriots lose tonight, because you've got uh, a few teams sitting at four wins, a few teams sitting at five wins, and a few teams sitting at six wins. I mean, it boils down to the Texans, whose pick, of course, goes to the Dolphins, that pick right now is at number three. And the Texans are sitting at four and eleven. And then Houston and Atlanta both at four and eleven. Cincinnati and Philadelphia at four, ten, and one. And then the Panthers are one of four teams sitting with a five and ten record. The Lions, the Giants, the Panthers, and the Broncos. And that right now is your top ten. And then you've got five teams at the moment pending the result of the Patriots game tonight. With six wins, four teams are sitting at six and nine. Actually, five teams, one of them, of course, being the division-leading Washington football team. But in terms of in the draft right now, Dallas at six and nine, the Chargers at six and nine, Minnesota six and nine, and San Francisco at six and nine. And I actually want to go back and make a correction. I had not really realized until yesterday that head-to-head could actually be a factor In the draft order. So I kept saying about the Panthers win over the Chargers earlier this season. Didn't mean anything in the draft order. Well, it it could have. uh, But probably only if they were the only two teams. Or at least if uh, they were tied in strength of schedule. Uh, But that's not going to happen. The Chargers have a pretty solidly easier schedule than the Panthers. So that's not going to be a tie. Because again, strength of schedule does take precedence. So that's why the Panthers right now would be behind the Lions and the Giants and ahead of the Broncos. And, of course, in Week 17, nothing's really going to change in terms of, you know, things could change a little bit. I mean, you might catch up a little bit. uh, But looking at the numbers, I don't think – I haven't really cracked the numbers. But there's probably not going to be enough for the Panthers to catch the Lions or the Giants – uh, in terms of strength of schedule, because of week 17, of course, being all division games, so strength of schedule doesn't really change that much, except for the, the few non-common games you might have with teams here. But things are so jumbled up that the Panthers could have a bit of a swing, depending on what they do here against the Saints. They could, th- they could theoretically jump all the way up to number three. They th- so they still could end up with the third pick. In the draft, um, but that would probably require a uh, pretty much every team above them winning. That would be the Texans, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Eagles, the Lions, and the Giants. Uh, so if all those teams lose and the Panthers win, then the Panthers would move up to the number three pick. They could, you know, certainly move up a couple of spots if they lose here but if they somehow stun the the Saints on Sunday they could fall out of the top 10 you know you could uh have some of the 6 and 9 teams lose and get to 6 and 10 and the Panthers have a, a tougher schedule than teams such as Dallas the Chargers and the Vikings so um it is it is possible so it looks like the range here uh looks to be between 3 and thirteen for the Panthers, depending on what they do. Now, a loss to the Saints would guarantee a top ten pick, as I said. The way it's set up now, Denver's sitting at number ten with a five and ten record, and then Dallas is at eleven at six and nine. So, obviously, the Panthers would, not, in in that case, would not fall out of the top ten. So, a loss to the Saints, which we probably expect at this point, would ensure a top 10 draft pick for the Panthers. And again, they could they could move up if uh, a couple of teams ahead of them happen to win. You know, just for the record, uh, the Texans are playing the Titans. The Falcons, of course, have the Buccaneers. Bengals are playing the Ravens. The Eagles are playing Washington on Sunday night with a chance to play. Spoiler, uh, the Lions have the Vikings, the Giants. Play the Cowboys in what could be the for the division title if Washington loses to Philadelphia. So a lot can happen uh, in Week 17. But for now, the Panthers are sitting at number nine. A loss would ensure a top ten pick. A win could drop them as low as 13 on the draft board. But um, I know there were certainly people that felt stung a bit because the Panthers did go out and win and very possibly cost themselves a top five draft pick. But again,
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this off season, If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: It, it's hard to tank in the NFL. Teams hate to intentionally lose, especially when you have a first-year head coach that's not the the precedent that you want to set. I know I've said that they should shut down Christian McCaffrey and Brian Burns because of injuries, but, you know, that's just the type of player that Brian Burns is. He wanted to go out there and play, and he did. You know, he obviously got banged up a bit, but he went out there, he played hard, and helped lead the Panthers to victory. And those are, you know, the components that uh, that are going to help this team grow m- moving forward. You know, I I hear the arguments of, You know, this is going to be a mediocre team that's going to win five or six games a year and they're going to be stuck in like the middle of the draft. Again, it's always not necessarily how high you draft. It's picking the right players. Um, I think it was Joe Person. I I saw an article. I forget who it was. Wrote a really interesting article um, about the Panthers from a number of years ago when they had some meaningless games in December. Won them fell to the 8th pick in the draft, and ended up drafting Jordan Gross. Well, Jordan Gross wound up being, you know, arguably the best left tackle and one of the best players the Carolina Panthers have ever seen in franchise history. And at the 8th, even with falling to the 8th pick, they ended up getting their left tackle for many, many years. So it's all about hitting the right players. So... It doesn't matter how many picks you have. Somebody brought up a, a really interesting point about the Jaguars too. I think it was Josh Klein that tweeted this saying, you know, all the years throughout the 2010s that the Jaguars have had a top five pick. And yet here they are again in 2020 going into the 2021 draft and they're going to be picking at number one. Now they're hoping obviously that'll change because that'll be Trevor Lawrence. And then Chris Rowling of Bengals Wire had a really fascinating observation and it's pretty funny when you think about it but the New York Jets are going to start are are going to have an 0-13 start they're going to look back at the season and see that they lost their first 13 games and they're not going to have the number one pick in the draft because they went out and they won two games in a row but again it just goes to show you Tanking. If it didn't happen last year with the Dolphins, it's tough to happen. Teams just do not like or want to intentionally lose in any professional sport, especially in the game of football. So it's all about the players you hit, and there's still going to be some pretty darn good ones in this draft class, especially at the offensive tackle position. We talked about you know, the future of the left tackle position. Well, there's some really good ones. Even if they don't get Pinay Seawell, Rashawn Slater is a tremendous option and could very well be there. You know, let, let's run through real quick. Um Jacksonville is obviously gonna take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets could take Pinay Seawell. They could take Zach, they could take a quarterback. Um Houston and Atlanta, are they gonna Would they take a tackle? Would they take Seawell if he's there? You know, the floor might be Cincinnati. At number 5. You know, but Philadelphia is certainly an option with the rotating door they've had. Um, But I don't think Detroit really needs to take one because they've obviously got a real good one in Taylor Decker. And then the Giants just took an offensive tackle number 4 overall in 2020. So if the Panthers want to go offensive tackle, he's going to be there. They want to go quarterback. You know, they could still take Trey Lance. You know, Zach Wilson might not be there. Justin Fields might not be there. Trey Lance probably will be, though. So in fact, let's take a look real quick at the latest mock draft on the draft network from Kyle Krabs. And where he where he has the Carolina Panthers going. And he actually had uh, some interesting trades in this one, too. Uh, so to kind of set the table going into the Panthers draft, or the uh, the draft pick for Kyle Krabs, he of course does have Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. Then he's actually got the 49ers trading up to number two to take Zach Wilson, trading a first and a second this year. A 1, 2, and 3 in the 22 draft and a 2023 third round pick for number two overall. He said the inspiration for that trade was the Rams trade when they moved up to get Jared Goff in 2016, trading two ones, two twos, and two threes to move up to number one. Then he's got the Bengals actually moving up to get Panay well, trading a first and a third this year and a second and twenty-two to Miami for number three. And then he does have Justin Fields to the Falcons at four. Uh Eagles at number five. So, you know, maybe using a bit of a different order. But the Eagles at number five, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins at six, Quiddy Page to the Lions at seven, Patrick Sertain to the Giants at eight. And then the Panthers this is another position we haven't talked about, but we'll certainly dig into more. The cornerback position. And Caleb Farley is the pick. Kyle writes, Caroline appeared to be a surprise team early this season and is still trending in the right direction. Long-term, they'll be absolutely fine. But a 3-2 start has developed into a 2-8 stretch of play, and the Panthers are suddenly in the fringe of the top 10 picks. And while landing certain the second would have been helpful for a team that went heavy on the defensive side of the football in 2020, Caleb Farley is more of a Matt Rule addition Anyway, rule made waves in college by targeting athletes and developing their th- fundamentals. Farley is a plus athlete who only has a few years few years of play on defense under his belt. There's an untapped ceiling here that Carolina would be thrilled to land. Love Caleb Farley. You know, watch him in the spring. Tremendous player. Obviously, some. You know, it doesn't sound like he's going to be knocked much for this, but obviously, if there is going to be. A little bit of a knock on Caleb Farley. It, of course, is going to be the fact that he did not play in 2020. He, of course, had the distinction of being the first college player to opt out of the 2020 season. So, But he still looks like he's going to be a top pick. Probably, you know, maybe cornerback too. You know, so maybe Patrick Sertain ends up as the first cornerback taken. But Caleb Farley probably will be the second so and that would still be a a really good pickup i think for the carolina panthers so we'll certainly start digging into a lot of these players because really come monday come next monday it's draft season for, for the panthers the season will be over it'll be full speed ahead now to 2021 so we'll start digging into some of these draft prospects and starting on this wonderful road we call the road to the NFL draft, so excited for what's coming, but uh, excited to talk about a victory probably one last time here for the Panthers. So five and ten now, but building some momentum going into 2020, and of course throughout the week we'll start prepping for the final game of the season against the New Orleans Saints. And crossover Thursdays always with one of my boys here. Uh, we're gonna go out on a bang. You know, we're gonna go out with a bang in terms of crossover Thursday, when I hit up with Ross Jackson for the second time this season, get his thoughts on the Saints, his thoughts on Alvin Kamara's big day, and what he's hoping for in terms of, you know, obviously ideally getting to the number one seed. But if they don't, what could be the best path for the Saints in the playoffs? So that's coming up this week. For now, we're done. I've rambled on long enough. Thanks for sticking with me this whole time. It's been a great season. Uh, Excited for this final week of the regular season. Uh, But that'll do it for this edition. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We will see you soon.